Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, it's another episode of the Believe in Padres Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. Yeah, I am recording. Always just always got to check, Wade. Good. Uh, only taking 67 tries. You know, it's only been an issue, what, once or twice? But it'll always come back. You always have to respect the record button. People don't forget. Well, if they didn't hear the show, they can't forget what you didn't hear. Philosophy 101. So this is episode 67. On today's show, we've got some news and notes. I mean, little minor things happen around baseball. I'm sure if you pay attention to the Padres, you've heard some of these little things happening, and we're not going to get into them too deeply because none of them are substantial, but they are out there. So we're going to mention them. Um, award reviews. Awards are popping out. Uh, if you've been paying attention at all, you saw, as we're recording this, Jose Abreu just won AL MVP a minute ago. Is that who you had? Yeah, yeah, I had I had him. And then uh, we're going to get into NL MVP. I think that's going to follow shortly. I mean, we don't really need to talk about it. It's not of substance, but it's Mookie Betts or Freddie Freeman. And Freddie Freeman's the favorite right now. Let's uh, go Freddie. Yeah, he had a good year. Uh, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop a new top 10 on you, Wade, because we've had a bunch of prospects come and go over the last, what, six months, I guess, like draft plus trades. Preller went full Preller this, this season. So a lot of guys headed out the door. I'm going to drop a new top 10 on you. Nice. Yeah. Uh, before we go into that and we talk about some of the news and notes, uh, Wade, you want to read a bet online ad for us? The NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Might as well place some uh, bets on Tiger to win the Masters this weekend. He looked good today. Should you though? Is he getting good odds? Uh, he's probably not. We'll look those up later. He's probably the favorite. Probably but not. Yeah. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I never heard of half of these guys, and the ones I do know are way past their prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. This guy here is dead. We read that on time this week. We're usually late on those reads. And by usually, I mean we're almost always late on those reads. And we are nailing them lately. Yeah. Zero voice cracks. That was pretty good. Yeah. Is anyone winning money on NFL this year? I've had a terrible season. I'm right there with you. We uh, usually have the same bets, so it's not looking <laughs> good. We usually that's uh that's bad bets just enabling each other, yeah. just picking the wrong things. Like, oh, you pick this one, I'll pick this one. Oh, they're both wrong. Cool. Um, and none of our friends, I think, are doing that well either. No. So there you go. Award reviews. So. I wanted to go over a few of these gold gloves, silver sluggers, manager of the year, things that Padre fans were hoping for. And ultimately, you know, we got a couple wins, took a couple L's. Uh, none were that surprising other than I think Jake Cronenworth, I think was a little surprising, not winning National League Rookie of the Year. Little not sp- even coming in second place. Tied for second. Okay. We'll take it. But uh, I think 
fans were all on i mean not just pottery fans but if you were watching baseball this year and you're a baseball fan you heard the name jay cronenworth a lot because he started the season hot he was kind of a no-name prospect coming into the year he was tacked on in the back of the tommy fam trade and nobody really expected a lot of him and then when he came out guns blazing people were really impressed like look at this kid Just straight blasting he's uh he was hitting for some pop although he didn't finish with with much but Played first base, like made some excellent defensive plays at first base for Eric, when Eric Hosmer went out. Came in, did the same thing at second base when Eric Hosmer came back. So he was doing it with the glove. He was doing it with the bat. Um, his OBP, he finished up over 350 in the on-base department. He did everything well. And on a team that was one of the best teams in the National League, I think they finished regular season second. Um, going into next season, if you look at any of these power rankings and other bullshit um stats and rankings that you have going into the season. A lot of people like the Padres is the second best team in the national league. So Jake Cronenworth is a big part of that. Didn't win national league rookie of the year. And I think it's because some of these advanced metric stats ended up hurting him. So I think I don't have the war number, the the baseball reference war numbers in front of me, but I think he finished fourth in the national league for rookies for, yeah, for rookies. Right. So it's weird, like Tony Gonzalez, who was a, a baseball war darling. I think he's the only guy that had over two. Didn't didn't get first or second even. And then um, P- Dave Peterson in uh, New York didn't win either. He didn't get any love. Alec Baum had the traditional sexy stats, the home runs, the RBIs, had a really high batting average. He got a lot of votes. He's the guy that tied with Jake Cronenworth for second. And then the winner, Devin Williams, who threw 22 innings of relief this year for the, the Brewers. Had had one outing with where he gave up an earned run, which is outstanding. But we're given the award to a relief pitcher in a season where it's already a short season. He pitched 22 innings instead of a guy that's contributing every day like Jake Cronenworth. So there's two sides of this argument. We're going to talk to um, next week on the show. We're going to get Kyle Glazer on. And he did not vote for Jake Cronenworth. Yikes. He's the San Diego Baseball America or Baseball writers what's the thing baseball writers of america correct thing um he's one of the two san diego reps and neither of them voted for jake cronworth so i was going to talk about jake cronworth later but we can get into him now um john maffi from i don't even know how you pronounce that i've never heard of this guy and i'm not the only one because Maffi. Maffi. do you know him no okay you just made that up yeah uh i'm not the only one who's never heard of him because i was scrolling through twitter and people were noticing who voted for who so the writer's whom is there a, one of those should be a whom whomst there it is one of them uh john maffi maffi was one of the san diego reps along with kyle glazer and neither of them voted for cronenworth they both voted for alec Baum. glazer voted for dustin may second and then cronenworth and our boy john m went cronenworth second and devin williams third so it was far from unanimous i was just very surprised to see Williams, I mean, he, excellent season. No doubt about it. Those stats are pretty impressive. The strikeout stats? 22 innings. They're pretty nasty. They're great. But who would you rather have on your team right now? I would rather have Crone Dog. There you go. Yeah. I think most teams would rather have a young, controllable asset, plays up the middle of the diamond, plays every day, Jake Cronenworth and Dan Williams. And it might be, it might be close. Depends on what kind of team you are who you have up the middle already and what your bullpen looks like. But I don't know. I just thought it was, it was interesting that uh, 
didn't even get second place all to himself. Um, Devin Williams, hard, hard to discount what Devin Williams did, but just thought it was worth mentioning. Trent Grisham got a gold glove. We talked about him and I'm famous for my uh, anti Grisham in center field take. And by famous, I mean, I talk about it a lot and a few people have heard it, but you know, he earned it this year. There's no doubt about that either. I don't think it's um, the, the new sexy stat that I wanted to talk about was OAA outs above average. So this is the sexy stat that I was seeing on baseball savant that, I mean, defensive metrics are the hardest to quantify or, or even assign to a player. I think a, a lot of it feels very subjective to me. And I, I've never talked to a baseball savant guy or a fan graphs guy about how they measure defensive stats, but it all feels very suspect how they, how they do range and how they do outs above replacement and outs above average or defensive run saved. How the hell do you quantify that? And you can say like, trust the math, but we're, we're assigning the math. We're telling the computer what to look for. So the computer can spit out the math, but if, you know, the variables that we assign to it are incorrect, I think there's potential for flawed numbers coming out of these advanced defensive metrics. Does that, do you agree with any of that or how does that sound to you? I would agree. It's, it's, I mean, it's very subjective, but you're trying to put numbers on. Yeah. How does a computer decide if you can get to a ball or not? Right. What if like, I'm not sprinting my fastest. Or you like, know? where are you standing? Like, where are you being positioned? Yeah. Positioning was huge and it, or has been huge the last right, several years. Shifts. Yeah. So now a ball that you weren't getting to 10 years ago is, a, is an easy play where you don't get any credit for it because of the, the shift and, right. and vice versa. You're not getting to balls now that you could have gotten. Exactly. So outs above, uh, outs above average. I wanted to talk about because I hadn't really seen a definition for it. And what it says here on baseball savant is that OAA is a cumulative effect of all individual player plays a fielder has uh, been credited or debited with, making it a range-based metric of fielding skill that accounts for all number of plays made and the difficulty of them. So you're assigned a – it's a, a points-based system that you're assigned points for making plays and you are subtracted points for not making plays. An example, a fielder who catches a 25% out probability gets – 0.75 points. So do you see how that works? If you have a 25% chance of catching it, you get the remainder of those points added to you. So if you fail to make that play, you're subtracted 0.25 points. Okay. You following? Yeah. So you're not penalized much for, for not making the difficult play and you're getting more points for making plays that are more difficult. So those 50-50 balls is where you're really getting discredited. Got to make those 50-50 balls. Yeah. I mean, those are huge. Uh, Trent Grisham, if you added up all his points this year, he had six and in a short season. It's hard. It, I mean, I, you think those numbers would be way higher, like six, I guess That's it. a uh, number of outs that he has a chance to record. I, I mean, most of them, I guess are, are balls that are way above 90% probably doesn't that or 0%. So you're getting like 0.1 point. Yeah. That would make sense because it's like a hundred percent. You're getting zero. It's kind of like how the baseball umpires brag about getting 95% of calls, right? Like we don't need computers. We're getting 95% of these, right? Well, how many plays at first base are not even close? Right. Like, where you like any child can tell if you're safer out. There's only a, a few per game that are close. And I think that would probably go for the same with making defensive plays in the field. Only maybe a couple per game 
are balls that are really going to impact your score here. Most of them are 0% probability or very close to it or 100% probability. Or the very can good. of corns. Yeah. So those those boots that you have at shortstop, those Tatis boots from last year, not this uh, – the, the two years ago Tatis. Previous year, yes. Where he was legitimately pretty bad I think would hurt his OAA a lot. You're, you're booting balls that are like a 95% chance of an out and then you're, you're thrown into the stands. Right. Those kill you. Anyway, Grisham had six points. Bell, uh, only Bellinger had more. So he had seven. Obviously, this is not the only stat that matters. But just wanted to go over it because I thought it was fun. Tatis had seven at shortstop. Didn't get nominated to have a gold glove this year, which is interesting. Also prevented five runs. Tied with all infielders with Nolan Arenado, who did win a gold glove at third base. So this was just some Tatis, you know, th- they were killing him this year. The, no- the nomination committee or whoever threw this list together. Very interesting that, I mean, he's on all these commercials. They're like trying to make him... The new face of baseball. Won a silver slugger. Him and Machado this year did get good silver sluggers. not nominating. Not even putting him in the top three. Machado, unfortunately, I thought Machado's numbers were really low. Only three outs above average, which is interesting, and two runs prevented, which is far less than what Arenado had. Interesting. I think this kind of goes to one of the few – I mean, I'm a a Machado guy now. Let's let's be on record. You've come full circle. Of course. He's our – our guy. Yeah. I'm going to defend he's our guy. our asshole. Yeah. That's what I've been saying since day one. <laughs> he's welcome to the cl- – he's now our asshole and I'll defend him. And there's been things in his past that are very hard to defend before he came to San Diego. So I was first in line saying I didn't like him. Defensively, he makes a lot of these uh, difficult plays, I think, look a little harder than they need to be. I'll no, say I think he makes them look easier than they are. Potentially. No, I think – Okay, so the balls that are so smooth that it just looks easy. It does look easy. How does that work for grading his defensive plays? So again, is it how how is the computer quantifying what he does defensively? I don't know. It's the complete opposite of Ken Caminetti. Like the ball would be hit right at Ken Caminetti. He's on the ground. He'd jump out (laughs) of the way and jump back. And like there was a dive every single ball. And Machado doesn't dive because he's just so smooth. He doesn't doesn't dive, but he does field balls to his right and then takes about 10 steps over foul ground and then throws it underhand to first base. I mean, he's got a cannon. Why not? That's how we show it off. Um, I just think it's interesting. So Arenado, Brian Anderson and Gene Segura from the NL all had more outs above replacement or outs above average than Machado. Just interesting. I don't think I would take any of those guys defensively over Machado. Him and Arenado are neck and neck, I think defensively. And Arenado always seems to get the benefit of the doubt over Machado. But I'm not going to trade any of trade Machado for any of those guys. No, just I'm just talking defense only. Obviously, Machado had a much better offensive year than I think probably all those guys. But only defensively, I think Machado is hard to beat. I would take his glove over any of them. Correct, okay. I would too. Um, manager of the year, Jace Tingler got second place. I don't have a problem with that. Who got first? Don Mattingly. Really? It was Don Mattingly? Actually, that's I like that call. The Marlins were trash, and he went, beat, beat the Cubs in the playoffs. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm fine with that call. So here's my problem. Uh, two huge problems with Matt and Lee winning def- manager of the year. You want to take a guess what they are? No. One, his whole team got COVID. They were so reckless at the beginning of the year, and they all got COVID and screwed the schedule up. Is that on the manager? For not taking responsibility of his team, and they all get infected with COVID? Yeah. You're, one of your jobs is – manager is to fucking manage i don't know they're in miami like going out clear yeah that be the manager <laughs> and don't let your guys go do that 
And they all got COVID and screwed the, the schedule for so many other teams because of their irresponsible. True. But I mean, baseball obviously doesn't give a fuck about COVID because look at Justin Turner. The COVID World Series. With, yeah. with COVID, did not get punished at all. Well, played in the game and then they took him out in the eighth like, oh, that'll help. Right. We, sa- then, we saved them now. And then came back after and was hugging everybody, kissing the trophy. Should Is this World Series have an asterisk on it? Because Yeah. Definitely. The COVID champs? All all leagues this year have asterisks on them. Yeah. What's up, Lakers? It's disgusting. Yeah, Lakers. Get, get out of here, Lakers. You won an AAU tournament. Congrats. Uh, that's going to piss off a lot of our listeners. Too bad. This is an anti-Lakers show. You should know that <laughs> by now. So, I, I mean, Mattingly winning, I think, is kind of a joke because of how they handled COVID. Plus, what? Are we giving Mattingly deserves credit for a team that under that overachieved for 60 games? Yeah. Really? The man, What's a manager's wins above replacement for you? Ten? It, 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 like, get out of here. It, like, the manager does not have that much impact on a game. Just because a team happened to perform better than we thought they were, I don't think that – I mean, we, we've disagreed about this before. And uh, our other friends um, have chipped in too that, yeah, it should just go to the team that outperformed the most, their expectations. So just give it to that manager. I don't think it's that simple. A lot of people do. And that's – if you believe that, then Mattingly deserves – Manager of the year. I don't think his managing won them 10 extra games. I think that's a, a bullshit excuse. Also, I wouldn't have voted for Jace Tingler because we had a lot of problems with Jace Tingler this year. And Padre fans out there who were, were calling for his head, were clamoring for him <laughs> to, you know, get fired at the midseason or not maybe fired, but were complaining about all the weird shit he did, not standing up for his players at the time when, when Tatis hit that grand slam on a 3 0 count. Tingler was famously. Day of, not very supportive of Fernando Tatis Jr. That bothered me. And then a bunch of the other stuff he's done during the season too, mostly with the, the, bullpen. the rotation and how he's handled the bullpen. I think a lot of Padre fans had issues with that. So why are we now rooting for him to win manager of the year? Just because we love awards here. We do, and we don't get many. But does manager of the year really get your juices going for no. a, as a Padre fan? It's not the biggest loss. Uh, yeah, got swept in the NLDS by the Dodgers this year. Like made the playoffs cool, but... Does does not, winning manager of the year like really make anything better for you? No. I don't think it. And I didn't think Tingler deserved it this year. I didn't think he was that good. I, w- I was very unhappy with Tingler for a lot of the season. So that's how I felt. Um. Oh, news and – let's get to – I forgot the news and notes. I was going to do at the beginning. You know why? Because it's on my little uh, card over here. So before we get into the the new top ten, those were those were the awards, all the awards shit that we wanted to talk about. The news and notes that I kind of wanted to just go over real quick. This is like a rapid fire news and notes for you, Wade. Are you ready? Jason Vossler, your boy. You're looking at me like you don't know who Jason Vossler is. Yeah, my boy. (laughs) Uh, Was one of the Padre minor leaguers that didn't, you know, make the 40 man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Remember. Played a little first base, I guess, two years ago now. Okay. It's ringing a bell. Signed with the Giants. He's going the Alex Dickerson route. Okay. So expect some big things out of him next year. Yeah. Junior Perez was the player to be named added to the Jorge Mateo trade with the Oakland A's. Okay. So that was announced a couple of days ago. He's a 2017 Dominican Republic international free agent outfielder, only played in rookie ball last year. I don't think that's going to impact anything long-term, but Junior Perez. Best of luck to him. Yonder Alonso is now a free agent. We lost Yonder. Bring him back. Just sign him again. Yeah. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> uh, what would you do with Yonder, Yonder next year? Because it's not like we can just waste a bench spot on him. Third base coach? 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that's something we were going to talk about too. Glenn Hoffman is moving on to a advisory role. He's going the, the Darren Balsley route, which is get off the field, go up into the front office. And Potters are looking for a new third base coach now. That was just announced today. We're recording this on Thursday. So was that today? Yesterday, maybe? Today. Today. So Hoffman out, looking for a new third base coach. We were talking off air. Who could we get to replace Glenn Hoffman? I would love your honor. That's a great call. Thank you. Why not? He could retire. And then, you know, Phil Nevin did it with the Yankees. Like Will Venable has been a third base coach. Why not just transition Yonder Alonso out there? I love it. Done. Okay. Yonder, third base coach. Uh, some rule five guys. I just want to hear, do you want to protect any of these guys coming up in the, the list? Them. Tucupita Marcano. Oh, just for the name. Yes. From Tucupita. From Tucupita. Yes or no? Yes. Yeah, if his name wasn't Tukupita, then then no. Yeah, okay. Um, I think he still has like utility role upside on the major league club at some point. I, I would want to protect him. We too. are deep, very deep at shortstop. Not as deep as we used to be. As True. we we're going to get into my new top ten, we're definitely not as deep as we used to be. Lake Bocker, the all nameless. It's a what? it's a <laughs> phenomenal name. Yeah, I don't think you need to, but I would. I say let him go. It's Chiri Ruiz. I don't think you need to protect him. Yeah, I think. See, ya. he's he's up the middle depth. I liked him a couple of years ago. He's kind of been exposed. He hasn't performed with the bat as we like if we thought he would. Power speed combo, but really, I mean, the hit tool is not there, and he strikes out a ton. Tirso Ornelas, I would protect him. Uh, I don't think a team. I think a team would be very hard pressed to find a place for him on a major league roster if he was not protected. I don't think anyone would claim him. But I don't, I don't want to lose him because you know there's going to be a team out there like the Padres a couple of years ago that'll just snag a guy like this and then expect him to do nothing this year, right? And have then, four or five guys on the roster that are just rule five guys. Yeah, so I, I'd rather not lose Tersornellas. I think he has first base upside long term. That I would. I'm too intrigued still. He hasn't really blown my tits off in the minors yet, but that there's I still think there's too much potential there. We didn't really get a good look at him during the uh, alternate site stuff that we had this year. He's still very young. Jordy Barley, international signing from 2016. He's the he's one of those guys that hasn't progressed at all, and I don't think you need to protect him no. either. And there's a few others. and Those are the only ones that I really thought were worth mentioning. None of these other guys are, are really worth protecting. Although there is space now. We've been talking about it for about a year, how there was going to be this opportunity for a lot of guys to move on. Or make the 40 man because there's there were a lot of guys that needed to be protected. And the Potters have traded a lot of guys away. So Gabriel Arias, gone. Xavier Edwards, gone. Jorge Oña might be up. I think he's he's permanently on the 40 man now. I don't think they're moving Jorge Oña. Um, and then a lot of these other guys, it's, it's been you know four years since that 2016 international class. I think Jordy Barley and others we figured out don't need to – Save. Don't need to worry about them. Yeah. Know? It's it's cool. We can we can move on. Not a huge ton not a, a ton of investment in those guys either. But uh last thing before we get into my new top ten. I saw that the minor league baseball minor league baseball is shaking up how they pay their players. Were you reading about that in Baseball America at all? I did not see that, but please enlighten me. Um they've done a couple good things and 
it's nowhere near what they need to be doing, but it's like a, a, a pinky toe in the right direction at least. So MLB base MLB is now responsible for paying minor league players food at the stadium. Um, and they're going to pay for the, the clubhouse managers. So before there were dues that the minor leaguers had to pay each year that would go to the clubhouse managers or the clubbies and why they're making the guys in the organization that make the, the least amount of money pay for the clubbies and pay for their own food is beyond me. I have no idea why that was the case, but now MLB is I put air quotes stepping up to pay for these little things. You think it's just going to be like Trump meals though? Just like, Hey, here's McDonald's. Yeah. Meals at the stadium. <laughs> what is wings every day now and, yeah, right. and pizza slices. Um, they're increasing the the pay scale slightly. So rookie level players that were making 290 a week last year are now making 400. Players in class A that were making 290 are going to 500. Double A players 350 is now 600 and triple A players 500 a week to 700 a week. And the elimination of those clubhouse dues just saved them 40 to 100 dollars a week. When you're not making anything, when you're making 350 a week and 40 of that's just dues that you're like that's a significant amount. I think it's just, I think it's a joke that this was the, the pay scale increase. And I don't think anything's going to significantly change with these aren't living wages still like we're, we're increasing their pay a, a couple hundred bucks a week. They were already not making enough to survive on. And they're still not, they're making about the, the top level triple a guys are making about 14,000 a year. Good luck living on that. They, and the teams don't pay, they won't pay for, spring training and they don't pay for off season training. So I don't, I don't know how anything has changed unless major league baseball players union helps out the minor league baseball union. So there's, right. they're separate unions and Manny Machado, you know, in a year where there's no COVID $30 million this year, Mookie Betts, $32 million or whatever it is. The, the stars are all making stupid money. And then you go to the minor leagues, unless you were a high draft pick or unless you were an international free agent signing that was, you know, the top 10, top 15 in the class, guys don't make any money. Like look at our guy, Travis Radke, who's working at a, a golf course in the off season. Um, I think he was like his sixth, seventh, eighth round draft pick or something. Um, those guys don't make any money. Yeah. So unless the, the MLB union players help out, those, these guys will never make any money. The, the owners will always cry, poor they can't afford to pay all these teams. You're seeing teams being reduced. League sizes in the minors are being reduced. There's going to be a big shakeup in the minor leagues this year. A lot of players are going to be out of a job. And if that helps pay some of these other guys, I think that's okay. But it's still not even close to enough, which is too bad. Players you need to help out. So top 10. How are you doing on time here? You want Strawberry Banana Body Armor to be a sponsor? Then we'd be getting some serious bucks. Reach out. <laughs> Wade loves body armor. New top 10. We'll do this uh, fairly quickly. There's, we're not going to dive into everybody because a lot of these are familiar names that have been on Pottery's top 10 lists for a while. And we don't really have a lot of new information to go on from the past season. It's very hush-hush out of the, the off-site Training facility, what are we calling it? The, the USD camp. The alternate site. That's the one. So at number one, I consider, should I go from one to 10 or from 10 to one? Let's go one to 10, just because I think everybody knows the top four at Do least. They? 
I would think so. I thought for a minute between Mackenzie Gore and C.J. Abrams. Really? And there's pretty much only one reason why. And that reason is I was a little shaken or I was concerned about the Padres' perceived shakiness around calling up Mackenzie Gore this year. That's all. Okay. Um, I think he's, he's st- his ceiling is still that of a number one starter. But a perfect resume. So he had you know some blister issues. That's a, a little tarnish on the resume. Other than that, he's, he's been healthy the last year plus. Um, almost a perfect prospect. But why didn't he get called up this year? Why was Luis Patino called up instead? How come we didn't hear anything about Mackenzie Gore during the season? Just questions. I questioned. It's a mystery. A guy I didn't have questions about, all of a sudden I have a couple questions about. So I considered C.J. Abrams for number one because I just love his build. I love the tools. I think he's a potential first division regular in center field. And I think that's where he ends up. And I don't think there's much debate there right now. But for now, it's Gore one, Abrams two. And I assume you're you're fine with that? Fine with those. Number three, didn't have a great year. Got called up early, Luis Patino. Out of the bullpen with the Padres this season, I'm not looking at the numbers too much. I'm just looking at how did he, how did he look? I mean, eyeball test for me. The fastball was still there. The off-speed pitches were there. He had flashes of, of dominance at times, but you know, struggled. He's 20 years old in the major leagues, uh, pitching in a weird season. It's a COVID year. I'm not worried about him at all. I still think he's a uh, a future, you know, number two high ceiling, number two starting pitcher. And I don't think it's going to come this year. The Padres are going all in on starting pitching. They're talking to Clevenger about signing a new deal that takes him through his remaining arbitration years into one year of his free agency. You like to see that? I just don't know where we're finding room for Gore and Patino and Morihone going forward. But I still have Patino at three. Campuzano, the only time we saw him this year, one game. One home run. Hit a dinger. Uh, the reviews of him offensively are off the charts. Will he be in jail though? Eh, eh, Georgia, Georgia's democratic now. True. Democrat state. It's up Georgia. They'll, they'll pass those weed laws soon. So Campusano, the only thing with him is, is the defense ready? And in the minors, you hear about his arm, 70 grade arm. Um, can he handle catching duties? I don't think he's ready for that yet, but if there's a DH, we still don't know if there's going to be DH. That's really screwing with everybody's offseason. Just make a fucking decision. Yeah. What are we doing? Is there just say yes or no? I'd like there to be a DH. I think most teams would. But if there's not, then just tell us so we can proceed. Anyway, Camposano's at four still. I think he's firmly at number four. Could push for number three, though. His his bat's that good. I love him. Uh number five, first round pick last year, Robert Hassel, the third. Considered one of the better bats in the class, high school bats. It was him and Zach Veen, and they're slightly different. Zach Veen, probably more power over hit. Hassel, more hit over power, but you know he's 18. He's wiry. Could get bigger. Um, I think it was good experience for him this year to be one of those top picks and, and hang out with the club this year at the alternate site. Good for him. And I think uh, in a system that's not as deep as it used to be, he him at number five is totally reasonable. I would concur. Number six, our boy Ryan Weathers. Yeah. So he, he was kind of uh, – on my shit list last year. I, I didn't see the ceiling that you would expect from a normal number one pick. So he went eighth, I want to say in 2017. Sounds about right. 18. Around there. Been in the league. You know, fact check me later. But 
I just thought he hadn't really been hitting his full potential. And then he came in this year and thought he looked really confident, looked really good. Blew your tits off. He did. Yeah. I liked him. Um, he had me uh, wanting him to be a fourth starter. Yeah. People fell in love with him quickly. That's what happens. A guy comes in, does well a couple games, and all of a sudden he's your favorite player. One game. One game. <laughs> and then uh, if he struggles for a couple games, get him out of here. I, I like Ryan Weathers now. Does he need to lose a little weight? No. Okay. Pack some more on. Pack pack it on. Okay. Uh, right behind him is Cole Wilcox. Number eight, we have Hudson Head. You like Hudson Head? Uh, I don't know that I would have put him at eight. Reginald Preciado at number nine. So I want to talk about Preciado and the number 10, Ishmael Mena. Ishmael? Ishmael? For Jewish, I think you go Ishmael. I don't think he's Jewish. He's from the Dominican Republic. Um. So Preciado at shortstop, you've been hearing about him for a couple of years. He's been quietly one of the like lower end sleeper dynasty prospects that a lot of industry guys like um, friends of the show. Ben Chase, Ben Chase likes him from uh, prospects live. And then uh, Chris Welsh likes him from, he does his own thing with, uh, is it the Welsh at Twitter? They both, I mean, prospect guys that we have on all seem to like him. Kyle Glazer at Baseball America. Preciado, shortstop, still only 17 years old. We haven't seen a lot of him lately. Big dude, 6'4", 180. I'm thinking that he projects in the power range somewhere. Hopefully, he develops between, you know, 20 and 25 homer power. So maybe that's like a light Corey Seager or, you know, a DJ LeMahieu when he's hitting his best. So somewhere in there for power. And then for average, I think you're kind of hoping for, you know, 260, 270, like a plus hit tool with average. Other than that, ton of development left, but I just think the ceiling is so high. I'm going high ceiling prospects and at the bottom half of my 10. So Hudson Head, Preciado and, and Mena are all guys that I think still have really high ceilings. And like most prospects, the floor can drop out on them, but I still really like Preciado. It's a big bodied you know, young 17 year old with a lot of projection. Ismail Mena. I think I probably have him a little higher than most people. He signed the same time with Preciado in the 2019 international class. He's an outfielder plus plus speed. We're talking double plus speed. One of the highest individual tools of anyone on this list. So I don't think if you're given his tool a 70, I don't think anyone else I'm looking through the top 10 here. Abrams has a 70 speed tool. And then I don't think anyone else has seventies. I mean, the guys at the top Gore, Patino, Campuzano have multiple sixties, which make them such elite prospects, but I don't think anybody else has a 70. So I think we're projecting a a plus defensive outfielder that I think you're hoping kind of turns into what Manuel Margot has turned into. So a guy that's not going to hurt you offensively, but you can stick in center field and he's going to be a very capable center fielder. He's only 18 or he's turning 18 on the 30th. You know, Margot at the time was a better prospect when Margot was coming up. We thought a guy that could challenge hitting 300, a guy that was going to play gold glove center field. But I think if you're the Rays, you're probably pretty satisfied with what Manuel Margot has turned into. Playoff manual. Sure. And if is <laughs> if Mana turns into playoff manual, as you say, I think that's not bad either. Is a top 10 prospect in, in a system that's pretty good. So that's my top 10. We got Gore at one, Abrams at two, Patino at three, Campusano at four, Hassel at five, Weathers at six, Wilcox at seven, 
Hudson Head at eight, Preciado at nine, Mena at ten. We'll see how that looks going into the season, but I think that's going to stay the way it is for now. I like it. Still a very good system. And I talked about guys who traded away, guys that have been promoted. Michelle Bias has kind of fallen off the face. What happened to Michelle Bias? Morhone, graduation. Edwards, out of here. Arias, out of here. Um, Jason Rosario probably could have challenged for the number 10 spot. He's out of here. Uh, lost a lot of good prospects. And then you know, a lot of guys got called up too. So The future is now. It is. Uh, Trevor Bauer or DJ LeMahieu? Who do you want more? Bauer. I've been on the record multiple times. It's Bauer the worst possible time to try to buy Trevor Bauer. One-year deal. Yeah, smart for him. If I'm him now, now that he's where he's at, coming like peak value, go, go multiple years. Yeah. Like, come on, Trevor. That one year was cool while it lasted. It's been that cool. one year? It's been cool, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but now you're winning the Cy Young. I think, would you rather roll the dice every single year as a starting pitcher or get the Garrett Cole contract and get $300 million? I'd take the 300. Yeah. Take the, Trevor, take the 300. I saw he was off, he was listening to offers from any pro baseball team, Japan included. Nice. So might see him on the Nippon Ham Fighters next year. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Just one year in Japan. Because yeah. why not? Right. Before we get out of here, Wade, you know what time it is? Target locked. It's an unfortunate time of the week for me lately. It's our quote-unquote lock of the week. Fade us. It's been miserable. So last year, or last week, I told you to take over Browns Raiders. So actually two weeks ago, sorry. Two weeks we ago. We missed last week's show, gave away to vacation. But two weeks ago, Browns Raiders, baby, the two offenses were clicking. And I failed to take into account the weather, which as an over-under better is dumb. Always check the weather. And it was howling wind. Final score, 16 to 6. The over-under was 50. So take your L. Sorry about it. Wade gave you the Jets. I don't know why. <laughs> getting getting 19 and a half against the Chiefs in Kansas City. They did not cover, shockingly. They did not. Wade is 2 and 3 on the year. I am 1, 3 and 1. Not Still plenty of time to turn this around, Wade. <laughs> not looking good for us. Who do you have for this week? I am going to take the Seattle Seahawks. Plus one and a half against the Los Angeles Rams. I believe they're in L.A., aren't they? Yes. The game is in L.A. I, I'm, I'm not confident in the Seahawks right now. Their defense is so bad. Fade me. Saw what the Bills <laughs> Maybe Maybe we have to. Um, and I, Even though there's no fans, I think just they just play better in Seattle. They're one of those teams that enjoys the Seattle. The rainy the home weather. Field. Yeah, they, they play better there. And if it's in L.A. in that stadium, the Rams are going to throw all over the place. Take the over in that game, maybe. You like that? Okay. I don't even know what it is. It's probably very high. So take the under. <laughs> um, I've got the Titans. They are minus one right now. That's tonight. So this you're not going to hear this, unfortunately. Bet against our boy Phillip? Yeah, they're, they're struggling. The Colts' offense is terrible. So the Colts' defense, primo. Titans at home, though. It's a, it's a pick'em game. The Titans' defense has been really bad. But the Colts' offense is really bad. And I know a lot of people like the Colts in this matchup. I'm not sure what about the Colts right now gives you confidence. This game opened up Titans minus two and a half. So it's been moving the wrong direction on me, which is usually a red flag. But I I don't see the Colts moving the ball. Like the offense isn't there. They don't know who's the running back is anymore. They don't trust any of their guys in the backfield. Rivers 
was a turtle on his back last week. I don't think the Colts can move the ball, even against a Titans team that's not very good. But uh, I'm projecting a low-scoring game here. I think the over-under was pretty low, too, for a Thursday night game. It's going to be not that fun to watch. But if you are watching it, and you know, you're not going to hear this in time, unfortunately, but I'm locking it in for you know our gambling purposes. I got Titans minus one and basically a pick them. Just win, baby. Titans. Anything else out of you? Fade us. Fade us? Yeah. Well, luckily, no one's going to hear my pick in time, so you were, you get to avoid the L there. Should we start feeding ourselves at some point? I think so. It might be at that point. You talked about it last week, and I wasn't ready. I might be ready now. Yeah, we would have gone four and one. <sighs> yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it. Thank you for listening. Please follow the show's Twitter account at Fryer Farmhands. And if you enjoy the show, subscribe. We're on all your favorite platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. You've been listening to the Believe in Padres Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. I'm Ryan Hart. That was Wade. Talk to you next week. What's a goon to a goblin? What is that? What is that? Wheezy. Oh. I'm just going to do all Wheezy from here on out. Oh, that's a terrible idea. Toward your destination Though you may find From time to time Get a sound check from Wade What should my uh, quote be at the end of the show? As always, it's up to you Okay, I got one Something bad, I'm sure Oh, it's good Speaking of bad, you check out the big board over there Looking real good We'll get into it, don't worry your your jets. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.